no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. Welcome to Debate Centuries. On today's show, we recap the Bears' 12 to 10 victory over the Vikings and much more. What's good, Press? A dub, A dub. Matty McFluss finally has a victory in the NFC North, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Congrats to Eberflus, man, for getting your first one. You know, you know, I got some smart ass shit to say, even though he got that first win, bro. <laughs> this game, it felt like a loss. And I'm sorry, audience, you're going to be like, damn, Prez, you being negative? No, I'm not being negative. I got expectations, you know what I mean? And I'm sitting here watching this game last night, A-Dub, and I didn't even text you because I'm like, that stadium is loud as fuck. <laughs> the skull <laughs> chants, you feel that shit in your chest. And I'm sitting around all these crazy-ass Vikings fans, A-Dub, first and foremost. And secondly, bro, I just wasn't all that happy with what I was seeing out there on the field. You know, defensively, yeah, you know, they look good. We got all those takeaways. But a part of me was like, was that our defense or just Dobbs just sucked as much as we said he was going to suck in the preview show? Uh, we just took full advantage of a backup quarterback. I mean, Dobbs is who he is. He's shown some good flashes in general since he's been at, at the helm of things. But he's still a backup quarterback, right? And he's a backup for a reason. And I got to give Eberflutes and his defense credit for being able to exploit that. But it's nothing too much to rave about, especially when you look at your oh, offense. And your offense really didn't do a lot. I mean, it was so predictable. But at the end of the day, you expect your offense to be a lot better than that. But the fact they had a good plan on how to beat them, that was good in that sense. But your offense really shows some signs that, hey, there needs to be some improvement there for sure. Listen, I, I feel like Justin Fields shows some toughness. Obviously, those fumbles hurt. Obviously, those fumbles from Justin Fields, man, you can't have those. He took full accountability, not only with his teammates, but also with the media and said those things kind of, you know, made him sick to his stomach. But when I think about the offense and their struggles, I look at nobody else other than Luke Gatier, Right. Now, I know going up against that Minnesota Vikings defense, the way that they blitz, way that Flores puts pressure on quarterbacks, yeah, you want your quarterback to get the ball out quick. That's why he was calling those screen plays. They called way too many of those screen passes, A-Dub, and you did, and you just continued to show that you got no faith in your quarterback. And that's the shit right there that, that really bothers me. So on one side of the field, you got Dobbs, who obviously is a backup. He's been a career backup for a reason. Right. And all that magical shit that y'all wanted from him, that's just done. That's just over with, son. He is who he is. We saw that. I told y'all on the preview show, that kid throws that football up. He did that same shit against the Bears yesterday. We made him pay for it. And Minnesota's probably going to fucking go to the backup after that game. Because you can't be having this kid out there doing that shit when you got – the Minnesota Vikings had playoff hopes. And then they lose to the Bears, bro. And that's a tough loss right there, Perez. When you look at the Bears and where we're at and where this team stands, and you go at home, you play good defense, but your offense couldn't help you out. So if you're the Vikings, <laughs> you're looking at a different direction now, right? So I can't be mad at the Vikings on that note, but I know it sucks for them. But for Chicago, we're like, hey, we're on the right track. There's some things we got to clean up. Even though we got the dub, it looked ugly, but you're feeling good about getting the win. 
for them, it's like, hey, we lost ugly, and that's tough. I don't even know if I feel good about getting the win, bro. I'm telling you, bro, I walked out of that stadium yesterday feeling nothing at all. And that is the <laughs> first time I've ever felt that way with a win. I'm sorry, man. This team has made me numb to winning. I'm like, what the fuck? I feel nothing right now. <laughs> and I was not drunk on this. I was not. I promise you. I was not. But, hey, Doug, this is the first NFL team <laughs> this season to win a game without scoring a touchdown. Wow. <laughs> That's insane, man. Really crazy <laughs> right there. It just shows that the defense deserve a lot of credit for this particular win to win a game without scoring a touchdown. Because you're right, it's tough to win any football game without scoring a touchdown. Yeah, and I will give you Bafus a slight pinch of credit. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we need, right? That slight. That's, that's, the that's, that's it. That's it. You ain't getting too much from me. To the point you made earlier, he does deserve credit for getting that first win. That's it. Second little minor piece of credit. He had that defense playing hard out there. They look like a, a top five, top ten unit in the NFL. Stop praise there. Because, again, like I always say on this show, he was not hired to be the defensive coordinator of this team. Right. We know that this guy is a defensive coordinator. I've said it before. We saw what his units did in, in Indianapolis and, and his other stops. He was brought here to be the coach of the Chicago Bears. And when you look at this team right now, I look at a team where Luke Getty is the, is the offensive coordinator and Matt Eberfus is the defensive coordinator. And that's how I see the team. I don't see this team having a leader. I don't see this team having a head coach. Because something just struck me when you said that. It actually feels like Ryan Poles is the leader of this team, not Maverick And that nice. sucks right there. Because you would think that your coach would be the one that really, you know, take the ham of that and bring this team together and be able to, you know, um, show their leadership. But overall, I have not seen that from Maverick And you made a good point when you said that all we really see from him is his defensive coordinator style. And that's what's been his success right there. But nothing more, nothing's less than that. So it was funny writing it to Kevin Warren. You know, I'm sure he loved being back and being able to sleep in his bed. A was a, I heard he had a monster-ass crib in Minneapolis. <laughs> Man, got to be good to be back home, bro. Yeah, but but it was, it's just interesting, though, to see him there. Um, people were texting me when I was at the game. They're like, bro, they show uh, Ryan Poles on the, on, the, on, the, uh, on the telecast, and he looks – he looks really uncomfortable. And I was like, damn, I wish I could see that shit, bro. My boy was like, he just fidgeting his shit, his laptop ain't doing nothing with that laptop, fidgeting his ass off. I was laughing so hard on that. I was like, yeah, he probably uncomfortable being on TV. This team is <laughs> underperformed, and they probably all they talking about is probably draft picks and shit. So, you know, whatever. Yeah, I got to give Ryan Poles credit, Perez, because he was locked in. He was focused. He wasn't happy. You can see it, from, at least from the look of it. I understand you and I talked about his mistakes. We get it. But he also had some success as well. I'm going to give this locker room a little bit of credit, man, because this fan base, <laughs> you listen to most you know, talk radio here in Chicago. You listen to most Chicago Bears podcasts and media people. A lot of people are kind of like, you know, for lack of better words, going after these guys. But you can see that this team was motivated to finish this victory. You can tell they wanted it, man. That defense, they were spirited, man. They were playing with a lot of passion. And that's why I think Justin Fields apologized because he knew, hey, this defense is playing their ass off. And the defense gave Justin Fields another shot after that fumble to win the football game. And guess what? He got it done. It wasn't pretty, but guess what? He made the play when they needed to make the play. That ball to DJ Moore over the middle of that defense was a thing of beauty. 
I know we all want to sit up here and, and try to talk about this kid and, and what he can't do. But let's talk about what he can do. And in that moment, he showed you that he got the clutch gene. And I think it's about time that we put some respect on the kid's name. Now, I know it's not perfect with him. He may not be him, you know, as everybody puts out there. But guess what? I still think this is our quarterback. And if you look at this quarterback class, A-Dub, because everybody want to continue to talk to me about the drafts. I look at these quarterbacks, man, and I've been doing some homework on them. There's no quarterback in this upcoming draft that I can look at and say this quarterback is absolutely 100% an upgrade over Justin Fields. And when we get deeper into the offseason audience, I'm going to drill into each of these quarterbacks. I'm going to do write-ups on them. We're going to do some film breakdown of these quarterbacks. But I'm going to tell you guys, we need to appreciate what we have. Because everybody sits here at A-Dub, and they're always thinking and wishing for the next best thing. Yep. Be careful what you ask for. And the thing you and I both know, Perez, change ain't always good now. It's not Hell always no. good. Hell and no. People are coming for Justin Fields saying, hey, you know, the guy should not be the quarterback of the future. I mean, there's so many people who have nitpicked this quarterback, and I think that is really unfair to do any quarterback like that, you know. Uh, but I do understand that, yeah, there are some things that Justin Fields can be better at. We talked about those things, you know, on many occasions. But for what I see that you just highlighted just a minute ago, Perez, to bounce back from a fumble and to come down and march down and set your team up for a field goal to win the game, that does speak volume for a guy like Justin Fields. And to know that you don't have a quitter, you have a competitive player. And he made a good throw to DJ Moore downfield to seal a deal. Now, for the people out here that want to sit here and they want to talk about the draft because we keep getting the messages. <laughs> okay. Yes, audience, we have two picks in the top five as of right now. So for the people on Draft Watch, that win did nothing to affect any of our draft prospects. We're still good to go there. Now, again, you guys heard what I had to say about this quarterback class. Take that and do with it as you wish. But I'll tell you one thing, a This team is playing with a lot of pride. I know those players ain't worried about no draft position. No. And I'm not worried about it either, man. I want them to win. I just want the wins to feel a lot better than the one did yesterday. I know a win is a win. <laughs> but, bro, that shit did not. And it's funny. Eric Crimmins, one of our loyal listeners, he hit me up and he was like, bro, he said, this is like a pillow fight. I'm like, bro, it do feel soft as hell out there. I don't know what the hell going on with this game. And um, watching how they play, this is why I got to give Vikings some credit as well. Um, they defense was strong. And the Bears defense was strong. And I think for me, it felt good to know that, hey, we got a defense that can go out there and really play well. And for them to answer the bell, I, I got to say, you know what, that's what you're looking for for those players. And when you talk about the pride, Perez, that's what we saw from that defense. And you hit on one point when you said about what that defense did when Justin Fields fumbled. They came right back on that second fumble and forced the Vikings into a punt. Last game, they may have folded. But this time, they came out there and said, no, not going to let that happen. So, I got that's why you gotta look at this team and say, you know what, this Bears defense, man, they got some nice pieces for us, and um, I like the direction that this defense is going. Well, when Ryan Poles went out and got Montez Sweat, I mean, that showed you right there that this guy's looking forward to the future, but also he's also looking at the present and trying to make sure that they have a really good understanding of what they have in place for certain guys. Right. And the big thing that I've told you guys, audience, is I wanted to see Tremaine Edmonds and Montez Sweat playing on the same defense with each other. 
And the results that we're seeing is the linebacker play has looked phenomenal since yeah. Montez Sweat has come here. And that's what happens when you go out and get a guy like that. This guy has been a game changer, bro. And he still should be playing more, in my opinion. You got to love a game changer, what it can do. You're right. He has benefits the linebackers, but it's also raised the level of play of our secondary as well, who can come in and be impactful and apply pressure, whether you get a sack or not, it changed the scope of things and you force those quarterbacks into making mistakes. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we, we that part, yes, that's pretty much low hanging fruit. They don't. The reason why I brought up the linebacker play is because the linebackers, I thought Tremaine Edmonds before Montez Sweat came here, hadn't really played up to his contract. I thought TJ Edwards, while he'd been a tackling machine, we didn't see the game changing plays. Now you're starting to see those guys making plays. You said, ah, now I see why you got the big ticket contract. Now with the secondary, of course, great point there because we already know that if you have the pass rusher making plays, they're going to throw the football up. Right. And your DB's got to be ready. Now, this is the second game in a row, Jalen Johnson. I got to talk to you about your hands, man. Another <laughs> pick six, bro. <laughs> man. I'm like, come on, Jalen. But honestly, bro, kids are stud. <laughs> he is playing so well right now, bro. I mean, yeah. he looks like right now, bro, he's not phased by anything any receiver does. Now, I know Justin Jefferson wasn't out there. I don't care. Jalen Johnson was locking shit down over there. And Ryan Poles, I promise you, bro, that AW over there shooting a bill. I hope the announcers were talking about Jalen Johnson's contract because the price of the brick, as they said in the wire, is going up. Man, it is going up, Prez. And the thing is, the commentators, I don't recall them speaking on it, Prez. But to your point, man, Jalen Johnson is earning a big payday, bro. And the fact that the Bears didn't get that thing done this season, ooh-wee. If Jalen Johnson continue to play the rest of the season the way he's been playing lately, Prez, that's going to be very tough, man, on the Chicago Bears to try to maintain a player like him. Even though they got a good chance to franchise him, that may be the way. But, man, the kid is earning some big money going forward. He is. And, you know, sometimes with the franchise tag, it pisses players off, right? Yep. More than likely, though, that's probably what they're going to end up doing with him because you can't let a guy that valuable walk away from your team. He's a piece, friends. You can use a guy like him for sure. But, see, the thing that I worry about, and we're going to get into the recap of the game here, but the thing that worries me about him, A-Dub, as we know, he ain't afraid to ask for a trade. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He would go to the front office and say, hey, look, man, this don't like it's going to work out. Can I make another move here? Yep, get me up out of here. <laughs> right. <laughs> Before we get into the nuts and bolts and the meat and potatoes of the show, I thought we'd give a couple props to Devin Hester and Julius Peppers, A-Dub, for being named semifinalists for the 2024 Hall of Fame class. That is good to hear that about Devin Hester even though I'm still a little bit upset because this guy, for sure, as you and I have talked about before, Press, deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, man. No doubt. I mean, what more do you want from Devin Hester, bro? Great career. I mean, the guy was very good at a punt returner, kickoff returner. I mean, the guy done everything, man. You know, and I think for that reason alone, he's the best to ever do it. I am happy that he's going, but at the end of the day, I'm like, what the hell is taking so long anyway? The guy should be in. But as far as Peppers go, Man, I mean, talking about applying pressure, bro. He's one man. of those guys, dude. He's one of those dudes. So I'm happy for Peppers, man. And I'm looking forward to see how everything turns out. 
So to your point, man, we've said it so many times on this show, so I'm not going to repeat too much about Devin Hester, but we know he changed the game forever, right? Yep. That's why people barely even kick the ball to returners anymore. They changed the rules because of this guy. And my thing is that shows you how dangerous and how dynamic he was. He needs to be in that Hall of Fame in this 2024 class. And we've already said on this show, if Devin Hester gets elected to the Hall of Fame like he should be, yep. me and A-Dub going to be down there in Canada. I told, we, look, we already told y'all, that's our guy. We're going to be in that building. Julius Peppers, hey, that dude was a beast too, A-Dub. Got no respect for Pep. And uh, his time here in Chicago, man, with that Bears defense, man, that shit was fucking insane. Sure dude, was. Julius Peppers, boy, he oh, – you talk <laughs> about a game changer? Man, boy, what he did here. And I know Jared Allen, he's another one that was named as a semifinalist, but I don't really consider him like a Bears star worth like that. He only played here for one year. Right. But I guess we can give him some kudos, too. <laughs> right. <laughs> give him a little bit, friends. We still appreciate his contribution to the team, man. Yeah, we appreciate you a little bit there. But, <laughs> hey, it ain't, on, it ain't on that level of peppers and, uh, and Devin Hester. I'll tell you right. what, they ain't up. To your point, man, you said the best. There's no reason why Hester should still be waiting. But, hey, it is what it is. I'm sure once he gets to that, he's still going to be ecstatic. And I'm sure he's going to be honored and – you know, I can only imagine, man, like these guys, they put it all on, on the line. The sacrifice and just everything that goes into being a league. You know, that life's work, man. I can't ever imagine how the pride that those guys feel when they get that call, man. And I hope that he does get that call and obviously with Julius Peppers as well. Absolutely, Prince. It'll be a joy to see both of them, man, go in there. And it'll be great. And all we can say is well deserved for both players if they get the opportunity. True that. All right, audience. Back to Matty McFlew's getting his first NFC North victory as coach. <laughs> now, it's kind of pathetic and sad to even admit that. <laughs> He's got this <laughs> deeply into his second year as head coach. But at the same time, he did be one of his rivals in a game that not too many people had the Bears winning. A-Dub had him winning. I didn't. I don't know what A-Dub saw. I didn't see that shit. Yes, he got lucky. I you <laughs> you, I'll take the look, but you saw what I saw as well, Prez. And I think you saw a lot of game get away from them against Detroit, right? Yep. That you and I talked a lot about. And that defense held strong, man, up until the last four minutes, really, of that game against the Lions. But overall, they had the Lions in check. What they go out there and do against the Vikings, they put a second-string quarterback in check, you know? And it just tells you that this defense, you know, is still strong and out there producing, and that really was the, the difference in the game, you know, uh, against the Vikings. And to that point, A-Dub, what this team finally showed us is that they could close out the game in the fourth quarter. Yes. This has been the fourth quarter choke master team, right? Yeah. They find new ways to lose games. Not only did they beat the Vikings, but the Vikings had to win the record. Yeah. So it's just like, it's just one of those things where you're just like looking at the Bears like, all right, y'all did what we didn't expect y'all to do. And that's the thing. That's the, the epitome of the Chicago Bears team. The games that they should be winning, we're not winning. Right. <laughs> and, he, and you look at this Vikings team in, in a tough environment there in Minnesota, and we win. Yeah. Defense dominated. I was going to say, Perez, to your point, man, 
I was worried. I thought the same thing was about to happen again. Another meltdown, right? I did get scared <laughs> for a second. When you saw Justin Fields fumble twice, bro, I was like, oh, shoot, here we go again. But we able to pull it out, man, on that last drop. Yeah, thank God for Joshua Dobbs. Because, man, oh, man. <laughs> I was honestly thinking, like, the, the, um, the coach for the Vikings, I thought he was going to make a change. Because I was looking at that. I was like, ooh, man, this guy didn't throw him the third pick. When he yeah. threw that third one, I was kind of like, God, please keep him in this game. Please keep him in this game. Because, bro, that was our saving grace, bro. Imagine if they would have had Kirk Cousins. Now, I, I know all this. You can't play the, the woulda, coulda, whatever, and all that bullshit. But imagine if they had Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson out there. Boy, that game would have been dramatically different. Yeah. So we were fortunate. <laughs> yeah, we were fortunate, bro. Let's just take it what it is, man. The fact that Dobbs was the quarterback, I'm looking like, um... All right, I'll get a bear's chance on this one. <laughs> but, but you know what? One of the things that stood out to me from the beginning of this game was how Justin Fields and that first drive and how, you know, he was taking what the defense was giving him. I know a lot of people were like, oh, these short passes and, this, and things of that nature. I'm not a fan of the screen game. I know why Getsy was calling it. I still don't have to be a fan of it. But I thought Justin Fields did a really good job. He was finding DJ Moore. He was finding Cole Komet. They were taking what the defense was giving them because you know that Vikings defense, again, as we talked about before, they will blitz the fuck out of you. Yes. <laughs> and yes. and Justin was taking a lot of heat back there. Yeah, he was, friends. He was forced to give the ball up pretty quickly. And the only problem I really do have with the screen passes really is that our offense, for some reason, just don't do a great job and executing on those plays. I'm not, it's not just the fields, really. It's like once you make the pass over there, are the players ready to, you know, block and do those things they need to do for it to be successful, right? And a lot of times it doesn't always happen for the Chicago Bears. But I do understand the reason behind those short passes because you got to get rid of the football. See, the problem for me with those, end up execution is one piece of it. But you saw the Vikings start to break on those plays. Yes. And those plays can be very dangerous because now you got that ball – going sideways, it's a recipe for disaster. A couple of them throws, I'm like, is that ball going to hurry up and get over there or not? It was making me nervous. <laughs> yeah, man, it was. Perez. And I think the key really for you and I on that part of it is that it became predictable. So now so, the Vikings 100%. know exactly where you're going. It's like, hey, yeah. hey, man, it's not going to work now. It's not going to work. No, I mean, dude, we knew what was coming. What the hell you think the Vikings was thinking? You know, and, right. that, and that was my problem with that. And that was my thing with Lou Getty. He becomes so okay. Let me give him. Let me give him a little bit of credit here. I'm I'm, I'm working on being complimentary to these guys a little bit. <laughs> what Lou Getty does do well, A Dub, is when he has plays that he has scripted. That he's like, okay, this is gonna be our drive. This is what we're gonna do. Hey, he puts together really good drives. The problem with Lou Getty though is when teams adjust to him, when yeah. teams give him a different look. The guy doesn't know what the fuck to do. His nope. adjustments or their lack of, they just are not existent. And then you see a coach and you're just like, does he even have a clue how to coach us out of this situation? And that's what you see with him sometimes. Yeah. The, the fact that he doesn't have faith in Justin. I don't get it, man. Why we got training wheels on this guy? You got to let those training wheels go, man. And let Justin do what Justin has to do. I mean, the kid done a lot of good work in that game, Perez. He utilized his legs very well, as you and I have seen on many occasions. 
And he made some good, solid throws, bro. And you got to let Justin Fields be himself, man. When you lock him in his shell, that's when it gets tougher for Justin Fields. And that's par partially why he makes some mistakes at times. So if you're looking at Luke Getz, you got to say, come on, Luke, be better for Justin Fields, man. I 100% agree with you, A-Dub. I think the biggest thing for me, when you were talking about Ryan Poles, and it's real easy for us to criticize the things that he hasn't done well. I think we also got to do a better job, A-Dub, of giving him props for the areas where he's hit. And I was talking about Montez Sweat earlier, man. Yeah. That impact, I mean, it's no coincidence that this defense has turned the corner, man, since he's come here from Washington. I mean, the fact that all he does, bro, is put pressure on the quarterback. That shit counts. You like a guy like him making it very difficult and making these quarterbacks uncomfortable. That's a big part of it, man. These quarterbacks can't sit back there and eat, man. And I like the fact that Sweat has come in and made a huge difference for the Chicago Bears. And to your point, making a quarterback uncomfortable, because when you look at Dobbs, every time they show him on the screen <laughs> at that game, I was like, that boy looks scared of the motherfucker out there, man. <laughs> <laughs> he sure did, friends. He was like, these boys are coming, man. I can't get no room out here, man. I was watching him at the world to pick, so he took his helmet off. I'm looking, I'm like, boy, that's a dead man walking right there. <laughs> I think he knew that too, friends. Without a doubt, man. He's like, this is going to be tough, man. <laughs> so what did you specifically like on offense, A-Dub? Because obviously we kind of gave a high-level overview of what we saw in that first drive and obviously some of the things that we don't like about how Getsy handles Justin Fields. But what were some of your just kind of like overarching like things for the night when it came to the offense? What I liked about the offense, friends, is that early on, and this has been a consistent thing for the Chicago Bears, they've been able to find their way, right? They've been able to make good plays for Justin Fields in this particular game, good short throws. They also were able to run the football a little bit early on as well to definitely extend some drives. And then you look at Justin Fields and say, hey, with his legs, how he was able to extend plays, that also helped as well. And I thought it gave the Bears a good chance to score early on, even though Santos missed that field goal. But it just shows you that, hey, this offense can move some things. But the way they milked that clock, bro, speaks high volume of that offense. They killed a lot of that clock, man. They kept dives on that sideline waiting. And he waited so long to where he was going to make some mistakes. And that's what ended up happening. But you got to credit that offense for being able to move the ball and hold it and kill the clock. I think that's a phenomenal play because I think that was the biggest thing that I was saying to some of the fans that were sitting around me. I said, look, guys, I said, this Bears team, <laughs> they're not allowing you guys to touch the football. And I thought right. that that was because not only the play calling when it was scripted, but it was also the execution. And also, man, I love how Roshan Johnson, man, we don't talk about this kid enough in the passing game. We always talk about him running the football. He was working himself open. He was following Justin when Justin was in trouble. That scramble drill, that yes. is a lost art. And Roshan Johnson as a rookie is very heads. And I love the plays that he made out there. And it's only a matter of time. I know I, I always talk about Khalil Herbert. I think Khalil Herbert is a fine back. But it's only a matter of time man, before Roshan Johnson is probably to start running back here in Chicago long term. Because, I mean, he just does everything right. Yes, he does, Perez. And he ran the football well. You're right. Made yourself available in a passing game as well. And when you have that kind of chemistry with your quarterback, Perez, especially in that passing game, that speaks volume. When you talk about Roshan Johnson being the future running back of the Chicago Bears, 
there's so much to appreciate about a running back like him. And I do hope, Chris, down the road, man, where everyone else can see that, hey, this kid deserves to be the running back number one for Chicago Bears. Now, you talked about some of the things that you saw that the offense did well. On the flip side of that, though, I thought there were far too many times on this offense where things started to kind of get mucked up a bit. Yeah. Uh, we weren't able to kind of handle that pass rush from the Vikings. We settled for all field goals, right? And that's one of those things. When we get the ball in that red zone, we got to be able to score touchdowns. When the opposing team gives you four takeaways, you got to score touchdowns on those. Yeah. So for me with the offense, one of the things that I didn't like is I didn't think that we took advantage of our opportunities. That game right there should not have been a close game. No. <laughs> it should not, Prince. And that's why you keep saying that, hey, you didn't like how we won that game. That's why you weren't so pleased with it. Because you're right. We had so many opportunities to take full advantage of those turnovers and put the Vikings away. And what ended up happening, bro, is, Prince, we allowed that Vikings defense to hold strong to where we only able to get a field goal or we get nothing at all. On that first series, they did, when Cairo missed that 48-yard field goal, I'm sitting there just like, listen, I know I love some Cairo Santos, but I'm like, man, even the guy that we depend on, <laughs> damn. But you know what? He shook that shit off the rest of the game. That that was just like a little little minor little blimp on the radar. But yeah. when I saw that shit, I was sitting there, I'm like, is this going to be one of those type of games? <laughs> so I was yeah. like, that was a great drive. And then he just hooks that thing. I'm like, damn it. It was a shocker, wasn't Perez? It was like, man, that's something that you don't write in the script to saying that Santos is going to miss a field goal. Especially the fact that Dub didn't jinx him this time. I'm like, sure. <laughs> hey, man, you got to make that one, Santos. But to your point, though, he bounced back, bro. He definitely shook it off. And the next field goes, even that 55-yard field goal Ooh, that he knocked in, I was like, talk Santos. But man, Santos cooking right now, bro. And then how he just went on ahead to end the game with ease. I don't think he was worried about it, man. When he hit that 55-yarder, I'm sitting up here looking at him like, well, we are so fortunate, man. I ain't going to go back into the past and what we had to deal with that kicker position. But, bruh, it's such a breath of fresh air, man, to have a kicker that you just sit back and you're like, I ain't worried about shit. Right. <laughs> I, was sitting there, I was sitting there when, when he went out there to kick that game winner. I was smiling. He didn't even kick it. I was like, yeah, this shit's a wrap. Yep. At that point, you knew it was over press. You're like, you know what? Santos not missing this, man. Let's go and get that. this over with. Oh, hell no, he ain't missing that. So... I know that I went in on Getty a little bit. <laughs> this is my thing, man. I hate to keep picking on the guy. But come on, man. <laughs> Justin Fields, bro, shows you that he has the ability to attack a defense vertically. I still don't understand why we didn't give him more opportunities to do so. Because you, you got, listen, when you got a receiver like DJ Moore, who was carving the Vikings defense up? Why not give him more opportunities? This is this is a game that DJ Moore should have had 15 catches. He should have, yeah. And I can't wait to look at the all 22 on that A-dub because that play that we saw over the middle, that wasn't the only play that I saw DJ Moore wide open. Right. Right. Yeah, but I think that's, that's but that's again my point when it comes to Lou Getty. I don't want people thinking, oh, Prezis wants to pick on the Evil Flus and and gets, you know, that's not what it is. But I'm going to hold these fuckers accountable, man. Because at the end of the day, you got weapons out here that we're not utilizing. That's why Darnell Mooney was all frustrated and shit. Because he's like, 
give me the fucking football. And the one thing I want to pick piggyback on what you were sharing there, when you talked about Justin Fields getting an opportunity to take some shots downfield, and the fact that Lou Getz, he probably didn't allow that to happen. I do feel for Justin Fields on that because he did have an opportunity when he scrambled and made a throw to, to Money Moon down the field, and he kind of overthrew Money Moon, right? And it just kind of sailed over to an incomplete pass. But I'm like, if Justin Fields get the opportunity again, that's going to be on the money, right? Yes, so the, the fact is, it didn't happen that way, Prez, because the kid was doing a, a decent job at extending plays. So with them doing that, he's able to catch a guy like Money Moon or DJ Moore open. I felt bad for Money Moon on that play because you saw how he was working himself to get open there. Yep. And it's just one of those plays. It's just, you know, and uh, he left <laughs> Mooney uh, out there to dry a little bit, you know what I'm saying? And honestly, man, I just feel bad for the kid because a lot of those targets that Mooney gets are those passes that are uncatchable. And I'm just yeah. like, man, what happened to that chemistry between these two? Because we ain't saying <laughs> it. Hey, look, friends, I know, man. It's just DJ Moore is what really happened. <laughs> There's other ways to get Money Moon involved in the game. I mean, it just shows that. The Bears have not done a good job at really getting Money Moon involved in the game. I mean, we used to see jet sweeps and all those type of things for him. And just to get him going, you just look at it and say, you know what, all he's waiting on now is a pass from Justin Fields. And sometimes he may not even be open, bro. So it's been a struggle, man. It's been tough for Money Moon this season. I get you, A.W. Yeah, there are different ways to get him the football. They're not doing that. Nope. And- you know, like I said, we, we talked about these screen passes that they're calling because they were trying to get a couple of those to Mooney. Obviously, they were getting those screen passes to DJ Moore. There was even one to Cole Komet. I said, I've been like, God damn, we're doing the screen pass to the damn tight end, too? Like, whatever. Um, <laughs> but that was Luke Getty's response to the pressure that the Vikings were putting on. We talked about that earlier. Yeah. But the biggest piece here is Luke Getty has to fight against being predictable. Because when you don't make those adjustments, especially out of the half, or even in game, you're putting your office in bad spots. And I thought that he put Justin Fields in that offense in some real bad spots out there. Because when those plays were getting snuffed and the plays were getting blown up, I'm like, okay, so that drive stalled. Cool. And only five of Justin's passes would be on 10 yards. See? That looked like some college-ass offense that they were running. Yeah. That's the tough part right there, Perez, is how the field was really shortened up again, right? We talked about mm-hmm. it before against this Vikings team and what happened. And the same thing happened again where that field was just so short. And just the fields, as you see, making nothing but short passes. But at the end of the day, this is where Lou gets you got to figure some things out on the offensive side of the ball and saying, hey, we can't continue to rely on these type of plays every game like this when teams are blitzing heavily, you know, we got to figure out some other plays to be able to run, you know, to be effective. I mean, what happened to the slants, right? We don't even do those type of passes, but what happened with those type of defense, you know, bring that kind of pressure like that. A lot of times we've seen a slant open, but the thing is the bears don't do that. They revert to the screen pass or, you know, throw a quick pass to DJ Moore and let them try to make something, you know, out out of of it, out of those type of plays. But this is where, again, Luke Gessie got to be better, Prince. No, I, I agree with that. He does have to be better. I just want to get everybody involved. Um, Darnell Mooney, I think, honestly, man, every defense right now is going to be targeting DJ Moore. I mean, he went over 1,000 yards. Every team, when the Bears play them, are going to have DJ Moore as number one 
on their gameplay. Yeah. To stop, to neutralize. I just can't figure out how they haven't figured out a play package or plays to get Darnell Moody involved in the flow. I mean, you can see that Justin has that chemistry with Cole Komet. Well, Cole Komet is getting a steady diet of of targets. And I'm like, well, where are those targets for Moody? That's the thing that I've been been really, really wondering about. I mean, three targets for Money Moon against the Vikings. It's like, wow. And you're right. This offense got to find a way to incorporate them because – when you talk about a, a winning recipe, you're going to need more than just DJ Moore. And mm-hmm. when DJ Moore not able to get the football press, you got to be able to look elsewhere. You can't only just say, okay, Cole commit. But you got another guy in, in Mooney who has shown us that you and I told the before press that he can be a guy that you can go to. So you got to find a way to incorporate him in the, in the offense for sure. Now, another area in the offense that I'm going to nitpick and it's something that I've kind of talked about in the past. Well, I would say this can go both sides. But in the first half, it, it, uh, this team was heavily penalized. Yeah. Ooh. And I continue to talk about this team not playing with the level of discipline that they did last season. But seven penalties, 76 yards, they did, or I think it was, that's what it was, something like that. And then you got to think about it. There were a lot of penalties that were declined. Yes. But these penalties that the Bears had, especially on defense, led to the Vikings getting first downs. I recall my boy Calla Gordon picking up one. Well, it was a pass interference or something like that downfield. Yep. And it really hurt the Bears for sure. But you're right, man. Those type of penalties, they add up, man. And it just puts so much pressure on your defense when it occurs. Now, I will say this. That penalty that they called for, on Calla Gordon when his damn face mask got ripped off, I'm like, what in the fuck is going on? I'm like, man, this officiating <laughs> is a problem. Now, I'm not blaming the officiating on the first half because that was the Bears. But this officiating has continued to be a problem to me this season in the NFL. It has been brutal. Now, I know Evil Flues and those guys can't sit up here and talk about the officiating because they're going to get fined. Well, I'm going to fucking go after them because those guys were awful in that game. Yeah, Press, that play with the helmet of Caligord, the guy had to hold his helmet to show them that, hey, look, the guy ripped my face mask off, man, as you can see, you know, he done something to my helmet, you know, not much I can do. So the officiating got to be mindful and be paying attention to those type of details, press to see really what happened and what occurred. And it's the thing, when he was showing them, <laughs> they called taunting on him. I'm like, taunting? He's showing you that his damn face mask got ripped off. Right. Exactly. And I get it. You referees deal with so many assholes, you know, throughout the game. Yeah. And there's no disrespect to the players. I get it. Everyone's hot. It's a critical game. You know how I go press. But in the, the day, man, everything is case by case, refs. You should know that. They know that. They got to be able to look at that and say, you know what? Hey, that's, let's take a look at what really happened there before we throw this penalty. But so you know what my bigger problem was? They didn't review it. Nope. They just said, fuck it. We're going to go on. <laughs> now, luckily, that didn't cost us. But that's just an example of this officiating how awful it has been, A-Dub. Yeah, and the thing is, Fred, you're right. It didn't cost us there, but how many times have we seen where those penalties do cost you, you know, the game? So, and that's what we're looking like, okay, we got we dodged the bullet there. I got one more thing on the offense, A-Dub, before we get into the defense, because I feel like we've given the offense a lot of attention here, and not enough love to the defense just yet. But it's coming on us. But I wanted to speak to that final drive 
that Justin Fields went on, right? It's following those fumbles. And we know Justin has had a problem in his NFL career with fumbling the football. It's well documented. Yeah, and that's something in his game that he's going to have to really clean up because those type of miscues can really change the game. It can change the outcome of a game. You could be in the lead, and that's you know it. You give this the opposing team the football, and they drive it on you and take the lead. Justin has to clean those up. But when the Bears defense gave Justin Fields the football back on that final drive, that 10 play, 66 yard drive, that was something that I think was really good for not only Justin Fields' confidence, but for that offensive unit because it showed them that they could go out there and get a victory. Yeah, that offense definitely showed that they got a little poise to impress, despite the issues and concerns we have with the offense. But to be able to come back like that and put together a nice drive to step a field goal for Santos, that speaks volume. But that's what Justin Fields made some good plays. And you talked about a little bit earlier, that dart to DJ Moore downfield, man. Clutch. That was for sure crunch time play, man. And you got to look at Justin Fields and say, you know what? This kid really wants it, man. Despite all the issues and concerns in that game with him, late with those fumbles, he bounced back, man. And if you got a quarterback that can do that type of work for us, that is good, man. And I, I felt relieved to see Justin Fields get the job done. I think for Justin, it's probably, like, huge for him that he took accountability. I saw when he walked off the field, you could tell he looked sick, but I saw him, like, taking accountability. And yeah. that's what you want for a guy that's supposed to be the leader of your team, right? You got that C on your jersey, man. <laughs> and you got to be able to be the first one to take accountability. And I like that about the kid. You know what I mean? And that's not the first time we've seen that from Justin. You don't right. see a kid that makes a chief system. No, he said, I can't do that. Yep. It made him sick to his stomach. You know he don't want to lose a football game. With Justin Fields, he's a guy that we've seen over and over again, friends. Step up to the plate and say, hey, look, guys. I take the ownership of this. It's not on you all. It's on me. And that's leadership right there in itself. And that's something this franchise values. And it was on full display on Monday night. And that's the thing. It's like when you talk about, oh, the draft and, and bringing a rookie quarterback in here. Well, just remember what you saw Monday night and remember those intangibles. Remember what you see in a guy like Justin Fields. He's not perfect. But just because you draft somebody new don't mean that they're going to be perfect either. Right. And what this quarterback is showing, Prez, these last couple of weeks, he's saying that, look, I'm good enough. Give me a great defense. We can work with that, you know. Um, and he's actually been, you know, doing his part for the most part, Prez. And you take away those turnovers from Justin Fields, you would say he had a pretty good game. Well, to your point, man, that Bears defense in this matchup, not just with Joshua Dobbs sticking the field up. I thought this Bears defense <laughs> on all levels got it done. Yes. What they did to the Vikings run game, non-existent. Yep. And the secondary, they were making plays all over the damn field. We talked about Jalen Johnson. Terrell Smith was out there making plays. Your boy Jaquan Briscoe was all over the fucking field. Eddie Jackson was even playing some ball in the game. I'm like, okay. Everybody was out there doing it. But you know what, Prez? Seeing all those guys execute on defense, man, they pay, pay dividends for sure. But one thing I got to look at, and point out is that the defensive line really came to play ball. I mean, they really gave the Vikings offensive line hell, and it was just so tough to contain those guys. And when you saw Eberflus start to send a blitz a little bit as well, 
it just made a whole different game, man, for Dobbs. And it became a real big struggle for him. But I got to say that defense really did come to play football, and they finished it off for sure. To your point, that defensive line, they were the ones getting after the quarterback. That's where the pressure was coming from. And the blitz just complemented what their defensive line was able to do. But we've seen in the past with the Bears' defense, there was not a lot of pressure being made from that pass rush. That's why everybody was like, oh, we got a blitz. We got to bring pressure from all these other places. But when you got a guy like Montez Sweat, and even Demarcus Walker started to put pressure on the quarterback, that is the game-changing aspect of this defense where you're starting to see it coming back to life. You're starting to see this unit showing that potential. I mean, this Chicago Bears – the Chicago Bears defense. Now, it ain't no 85 Bears or nothing like that, but right, hey, right. <laughs> I think it's a very solid unit. They do. That's what you want to see more of. And this is what we actually had hope for, you know, when the Bears became a full healthy team. We're like, hey, they can do some things, man. And now what you see these past couple of games, man, takeaways, takeaways. And you're hoping they can continue doing that throughout the rest of the season. Dude, eight takeaways in the last two games. Mm. And that's the stuff that we talk about, man, winning the turnover battle. We won it again this week. This time it actually meant something winning it. So <laughs> should have won against the Lions, friends, but you know, it is what it is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But I talked about the run defense, man. I thought they did a really good job of Alexander Madison. He had a couple plays where, you know, he kind of, you know, got some nice little runs there. What did I say in the preview pod, obviously? I talked about the fact that Madison and Chandler both have a tendency in this office to get over 60 to 70 yards each. Right. That shit did not happen on Monday night. They stopped running backs, bro. And they've been doing it consistently this uh-huh. season. And against the Vikings, it was no different. Like, hey, you bring your butt through this hole, you're going to pay. <laughs> and they were making those <laughs> running backs pay, bro. Now, we also talked about Jordan Addison in this matchup because we know with them not having Justin Jefferson – hey, the rookie was going to have to elevate and be a prototypical number one for them. No K.J. Osborne out there. But guys like Jalen Johnson, Terrell Smith, they neutralized them. Yeah. I thought they did a really good job of keeping T.J. Hawkinson in check. I know he got a touchdown there late in the ball game, but before that, T.J. Hawkinson wasn't really making much noise. He wasn't. Not at all, Perez. They had them neutralized, and I think they were able to get something going, I believe, off that Justin Fields turnover. That's what they were able to capitalize. So you got to look at it and say, you know what? They was in a good position. They made it happen. But for the most part, you're right. Hawkinson was held in check as well. And then lastly, special teams. They dub. Kyra Santos does what Kyra Santos does, man. And he went out there and won the game for us, but we wanted to kick him back. Special teams, I mean, that's been kind of hit or miss for us. Vellis Jones, who Surprised me being active in this ball game. He started the game off with a nice kick return, right? And special yep. teams has been so inconsistent for us this season. But not Cairo. <laughs> Cairo Santos, baby. Gotta love the work he's been doing, Prez. And um, and I just think that he's gonna continue doing this type of work for the Bears. And we appreciate the work that's been done by you. Not a single word. <laughs> not a single word. <laughs> Straight up, man. It's refreshing, bro. I'm telling you, it's refreshing. All right, A-Dub, before we get out of here, man, let's give out some game balls. My game ball on offense, Press, is going to DJ Moore. Go, DJ. For me, it was the yards after catch. And I thought he actually held Justin Fields out a lot in his game. 
including making a big catch, right, to set up that Santos field goal, of course. But I just got to give it to DJ Moore, man, always being that safety net. And for the most part, always coming through, Prince. I mean, all he does is remind everybody that he's one of the best receivers in the NFL. Another impressive primetime outing. I mean, that's all he does on primetime TV is remind people of who he is. You remember what he did to the commanders? <laughs> yeah, man, I remember. He won't. Hey, look, it's hard to forget the game like that, Perez. But he's over 1,000 yards now for the fourth time in his six-year career. I mean, A-Dub, great game ball recipient. I mean, DJ Moore, man, it's going to be exciting to see what he does in this offense as this thing continues to, to evolve. Yeah, and that's something we can always look forward to, Perez, right there. DJ Moore and Justin Fields hopefully can continue doing what they're doing, man. Yes, sir. My game ball, this is going to be the second time this season I'm giving my game ball to the kicker, but it's going to Cairo Santos. <laughs> and I know everybody was coming for the poor guy, man, when he missed that 48 yarder. That's what happens when people get spoiled. <laughs> when yeah. you become that guy where everybody's like, oh, man, Cairo's got us. And then he misses you, like, wait, what you doing, Cairo? Right. But, dude, bro, we know that's uncharacteristic of him. This guy is the most consistent kicker, like I said, in Bears history. In my opinion, he's up there with a Robbie Gold. But, man, bro, he won the game. Without him, come on, man, where were we at? He scored all <laughs> our points. Prez, that's a very good recipient, man, without a doubt, bro. And <laughs> this offense doesn't do what it did in that game without Santos. And the fact he was able to make those field goals, and you and I talked about earlier, that 55-yard field goal, I mean, this dude started to cook, bro. Right after he made a mistake, he realized and said, you know what? I got to turn it up. And he did. And he gave us no worries and no doubts the rest of the way. So, All right, who's getting your defensive game ball? My defensive game ball is going to Kyle Gordon. Got Spider-Man. Bro, on that fourth down play, to knock Hawkinson out of bounds off that catch. That was, that was phenomenal. I understand he gave up that penalty. I get it. But you have bounced back, man. And then to get an interception this game as well, it just shows you, man, this kid is everywhere on the field, bro. The way he got that, that interception, bro, was phenomenal. You know, he came out of nowhere, man. Yeah. Help out on that play. And he dived and picked it up, man. And you got to say, look, Justin Jones had to slip out his hands. Kyler Gordon said, you know what? I got this, man. I got it. And that was a big takeaway for the Chicago Bears. So I got to give the Kyler Gordon press. He has played very well in that game, man. And that kid was out there hitting, playing strong, playing tough. Hey, Deb, I love that recipient because Justin Jones, I feel bad for him, man, because that ball was right to him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Kyler Gordon was like, hey, if you're one, I got it. So right. he took care of it. <laughs> but I have to agree with you on the play that he made on Hawkinson. In my opinion, I thought that was one of the best plays of the game outside of the DJ Moore 36-yard catch from Justin. Yep. And that goes to show you how tough, how sort of a tackler Kyler Gordon is in that slot. Bruh, this guy's only in his second year in the league. He's got future Pro Bowl vibes all written over him. He is a hell of a player. And honestly, man, one of the most important players in his defense. And he don't get talked about enough. Nope. He just go by his business, bro. And um, you like the fact that this kid is growing right before our eyes, man. Man, my game ball recipient, man, this was tough, bro. Because this <laughs> defense plays so well, bro. There's so many guys, man, that we can give kudos to. That's true. 
But I got to go Montez Sweat because to the point that you made, well, what that defensive line did to Josh Dobbs, that was the key in his game. It was. That pressure and then harassing that guy. And Montez Sweat was the ringleader, bro. This guy is going to be a stud, man, in this Bears defense for years to come. I am so glad they locked him up. I know a lot of people were saying, ooh, that's a lot of money. Yeah, but you got to pay. That's a premium <laughs> position. You got to pay. The fact is, I believe he's worth the money, man. Yeah, well, man. I, right. <laughs> <laughs> and so far what we've seen from this guy is like, well, how could he not? I mean, he's that impactful, man. And he got the youth on his side as well. That He's making his imprint on this defense. When he's able to do that, opens up things for our secondary, which we have been seeing lately. True that, man. And he's making Ryan Poles look really smart in that investment in him. You know, giving up that second-round draft pick and then giving him that monster extension. But, again, he's showing us, man, that he's worth every penny of that extension. Yes, sir, man. We're looking, we're looking forward to seeing more of those type of plays for Sweat. Oh, hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. I mean, an honorary mention on the defense ain't dub, Jalen Johnson. I mean, we talked about him a little bit earlier. I mean, come on, bro. Ryan Poles, hate this man. Pay him. Got to pay him, Prez. You know what I like about him, though, Prez, Jalen Johnson, was that, you know, T.J. Edwards got an interception, but Jalen Johnson was the one that got that deflection, bro. That's right. So I'm like, okay, that's one play right there. Got an interception on. Then you saw Jalen Johnson get an interception himself, right, on how he read the play. And that speaks volume to Jalen Johnson that, hey, this guy proven he's locked in, Perez, and that he want to get a nice payday at the end of the season. And I thought he made a really athletic interception on one because he would have got that shit, right? Can't make the, but he can't make the easy ones. But he, even still. <laughs> <laughs> right, friends. Make the tough one, but not the easy one. I don't get that, though. But you're right, though. He did make the tough one, though, for sure. He did. But like I said, despite his flaws of not being able to catch the ball at times, this dude is a great defensive back. And I know in the past I've called him a good defensive back. Man, he is starting to enter into that great category. And I don't use that like. But the way that this kid has continued to play, he's playing at an all-time high level right now. He's playing with so much confidence. You can just tell. He ain't worried about nothing he's seeing in front of him on the field right now. He's doing it at the right time. Like you and I talked about earlier, it's contract year, right? So the fact that he's asked the bail and being able to play this well under that type of pressure, that shows a, a good sign for Jalen Johnson that, hey, a big-time cornerback has stepped this game up since requesting the trade. And since the fact that he talked about the fact that he wanted an extension. So this guy is doing his job. No, he really is. Nowadays, these last couple of names are the guys that I was honorably mentioning. We're not giving them the game ball. But all this, do y'all mind if I mention Jaquan Brisker? Just real quick, real quick. Because Ada, I thought that man played his best game of the season on Monday night, bro. He was all over the fucking football field. You saw that dive for that interception that he got? Oh, that was nice. Off the hands of Addison? I'm like, Briska said, no, nah, I want this one. If you don't want Addison, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, wow. But that was a big-time play by Brisker, man. And um, that just shows you what type of player he is. And um, he played phenomenal press. You were right, man. That dude was everywhere. You put him in blitz. No matter what, he played his butt off. And I love that he, after that pick, he went into that end zone and he mocked the Vikings fan base for that skull chant. That was nice. I like that one. I liked the, on that sack. Him and uh, Montez Sweat got out the Dobbs. So, man, dude, he was all over the fucking football field. It was great. Yes, it was.
Salute to Brisker, man. Oh, hey, Doug. You and I, man, we got a bye week on the horizon with the Bears being off. A little time off never hurts. You know, gives us some time to do some other aspects here with the pod, and do some more film review and break some things down for you guys for the, for the last little portion of the season. My little last thoughts here on this Vikings game, A-Dub, was just <laughs> that game was a microcosm of the Bears' current season, right? It's a team that has a lot of potential. But obviously, there's some challenges within this team. Now, we see defensively that they're starting to take things to the next level. Force some turnovers, obviously. They've been doing a tremendous job of that the last couple of games. However, the offense, man, they got to execute better, man, especially in that red zone. We got to find tools some things there on offense, and we need fewer turnovers from Justin. Got to protect that football. Ball security has to be something that they're really working on with them going forward. It got to be. Now, a lot of these fumbles have come, you know, in a pocket, right, where you get hit and boom, you know, fumble occur. But if you run the football as a ball carrier and fumbling that way as well, that's a problem for sure. But to your point, man, he has to secure the ball better. Then the offense also got to be able to step up at critical moments as well. So you're right. The offense got to rise to the occasion because now we see this defense do a great job out there. We're going to need the offense to back them up. I almost feel like this bye week is coming at a bad time for the Bears because they're playing some of their best ball, especially on defense. And I worry. I'm like, shit, man, these guys get a week off, man. Is it going to affect how they come out against the Lions? We'll Mm. see. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of those – uh, time off that could really ruin your chemistry and you know, what you got going on. And, um, you know, I hope that it doesn't, but man, we'll see. We really will. We'll see. But listen, all this, me and AW got a little time off. We're going to hit you guys probably towards the end of next week and we do our preview pod on the Lions and whatnot. But man, AW, I'm looking forward to some time off, man. We can work on some things on the Chicago State of Mind aspect of things. But hey, audience, we appreciate you guys and your continued support of the platform for helping make us a top 10 Chicago Bears podcast. We're going to holler at y'all next week. Until then, we are out.